This is Admission Granted, brought to you by Upstate Medical University Admissions. And in this series, we are discussing the ins and outs of applying to and entering the field of medicine. Welcome back to the Admission Granted podcast with your hosts, John Cody and Andrea Price. Today is our last episode in our Applying to Medical School series. And today, we're going to be talking with some PT and PA students. So thus far, we've really just been talking about medical school, but you know, the field of medicine has tons of different avenues and opportunities in it. And so we wanted to make sure that we introduced you guys to a couple different paths that you might be able to take that aren't specifically medical school. So first off, we will be hearing from Allison Fernandez, who is pursuing a physical therapy degree here at Upstate. And later on, we will be hearing from Terry Wilver, who is a current PA student. So without too much further ado, let's get into our first interview with Allison, where she's going to be talking all about applying to PT school. Hi, well, uh, my name is John. This is Andrea. We run the uh, Upstate Admission Granted podcast, which uh, I don't know how how much you know about it or are familiar with, but yeah, it's just really about how to get into medical school and, you know, the the best ways to kind of go about approaching, applying to medical school and um, Mm -hmm. really geared towards undergraduate students uh, in college. Um, and just giving them tips and tricks and stuff that I wish that I had known when I was applying. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. We'd love to know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Allie. I am a third year PT student at Upstate. I went to Geneseo for undergrad and I graduated from there in 2019. Um, so I came right into grad school from undergrad. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my background. Is there anything else you want? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. So kind of just how did you get interested in PT to begin with? Um, so I was interested out of high school. Um, I was a patient at one point. My family had been patients at various points, and I just thought it was something that I would enjoy and I could see myself doing. So I actually applied um, to multiple private schools out of high school that were accelerated three and three programs. Um, I don't know, you guys probably aren't super familiar, but um, sometimes like you can apply traditionally as a graduate student. So you go to undergrad for four years, get your degree, and then you apply to grad school. But there's also a lot of programs where they call them like three and three accelerated programs. So you can apply out of high school and then like go right in, like funnel into the program. Usually you do three years of undergrad and then you go to grad school. Um, So that was something I was considering. Um, I actually really enjoyed my time at Geneseo and ended up wanting to stay anyways. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, Yeah. And then I applied to, I was a biology major at Geneseo, um, knew I wanted to go to PT school kind of the whole time. So was keeping that on my radar in terms of prerequisites, um, stuff like that. And then I applied to a couple of different schools and ended up really liking Upstate. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. So we're, you know, as our podcast here is is focused towards like getting in, you know, like tips and tricks about getting in. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not necessarily as familiar with uh, the PT application process and what that's like. So we were hoping that Mm -hmm. you can kind of illuminate what the process in terms of what, like what actually goes into the application process itself. And when do you begin the application process? Like what do you college typically? Okay. So I would say I'm going to just for like anyone who's listening, I want to kind of talk about both um, since I did do both. So for when I was applying in high school for those three and three programs, 
Um, it's usually every school has their own separate application. Um, you're going to use the, I don't even remember what it's called now, like the standardized application generally to like get into the school, but then usually there's a supplemental application to get into the accelerated three and three program out of high school. A lot of times that requires an interview, but not always. It kind of depends on the school. Um, and that you're just doing at the same time that you would normally apply for undergrad when you're in high school. Um, it's honestly not as, um, like they obviously care about your SAT and all that kind of stuff, um, coming out of high school, but it's, it's not quite as rigorous of a application process. If I'm remembering correctly, just because there's like, you're coming out of high school, like, and they're really going based off of what your high school grades are and your classes and all that stuff. Um, so that's that, um, if you're looking to apply, for graduate school. So like most, most people I would say are doing this. Um, I would start, I'm trying to think when I started applying, I started applying my, my fourth year of undergrad in the fall. Um, I know the earlier, earlier you apply, the better it's really a, like a really big portion of it is, is about timing. Um, so the earlier you can get it done, the better, even if you start it like the summer going into the fall, that's like not going to hurt. Um, you, not every program, but a lot of programs do require the GRE. So that's another thing to have on your radar. Um, because I ended up having to take it twice because the first time I wasn't super pleased with my scores and I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, confident, um, with my application. So that, and that's, there's cost associated with that and time, like there, you have to take it within a certain time, um, before, like, so that the school can get it essentially. Um, and they usually have cutoff dates for that. So um, there is a standardized application portal for all of your schools. I think it's called PTCAS, if I'm remembering correctly, so that you don't have to, it's like, cause they're all really looking for the same kind of stuff. It's just so that you don't have to apply, like same thing as undergrad. It's just so that you don't have to apply, do a full application for each school. Um, so you do the standardized uh, application and then usually there's a supplement. Um, Basically, every school does require an interview, at least for when you're applying um, from undergrad. Um, what else can I talk about? Letters of recommendation. Most most places are going to require that. So I would honestly recommend having your list of schools you're looking to apply to ahead of time and kind of make like a spreadsheet or something about, OK, like when do I have to have my letters of rec in? When is their application due? When do I have to have, when's their GRE cutoff date and kind of base everything off the earliest one, if that makes sense, so that you're not going to miss any deadlines. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, um, what are some of the, like, like, for example, for medical school, like it's very common to have like research. It's also common to like have clinical experience. So like, other than just like the coursework requirements and your mm -hmm. GPA and then your standardized test. Um, and I know like, for example, like PA may have some like clinical hour requirements. Is there anything along those lines that you would recommend or that are required for PT? Yeah. So for PT, almost every program I've heard of does have a requirement for um, like contact hours. They don't, it's unlike PA, like PA, my understanding is that it's a little bit more rigid in terms of like what can qualify as those contact hours. For PT, it's honestly shadowing mostly. Um, so like, that's what I did. That's what most people do just cause it's hard to find a like PT aid job, um, especially like a paid one. So 
I was doing, I had done some in high school again, because you needed that for the early acceptance programs. But then I also did some in undergrad just to kind of, you know, make sure that I was experienced enough before I was applying and knew what I was getting myself into. Um, a lot of times they have an hour requirement. I don't, it's nothing absurd, honestly. I can't even like tell you what it is off the top of my head, but again, look on the, look on each program's website. Cause they all have different requirements for what they're looking for. Um, in terms of your shadowing hours, and I do know a lot of them prefer to have hours in multiple places. So like maybe you did some in a hospital, maybe you did some in an outpatient clinic, maybe you did some with stroke patients or ortho patients. Um, they like to see that you've exposed yourself to various different avenues of PT um, prior to applying. Okay, great. So do you think it's more common for people to take gap years or do people typically go right out of school? I would say it's more common to go right out of college for PT because there's not as much of a requirement for um, those hours. Like you, it's, it's manageable to do them while you're in school. It's not like you, like, I know for PA, it's like a ton of hours you need. So a lot of people end up taking a gap year just because it's, um, it's just a lot of time that you have to do before you can even apply. Um, For PT, it's a lot more flexible. Like most, most people I would say come right out of undergrad. That's not to say people don't, we have a few people in our class that took a year or two and worked full time or decided later on that they wanted to come to PT school. Um, but I would say it's more common that people come, don't take a gap year and come right from undergrad. Great. And you said that you applied, um, most people typically apply senior year of college. And Mm -hmm. so at what point do you, pretty much have everything submitted? And then when would the interviews happen? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I'm pretty sure it's early fall that everything's basically submitted. Like it it was honestly kind of a headache because every school had different cutoff dates for when their application was due and then when they'd offer interviews. So honestly, sometimes you'd be getting offers from some schools before, like they'd be inviting you for an interview before some of the other ones were even due. So that was a little bit of a headache and just something to be wary of, like really prioritize, like what schools you're most interested in. Um, and you know, base your dates, your cutoff dates off of those. Um, cause it can get pretty confusing, but I would say early fall, most things are submitted late mid to late fall. You start getting invited for interviews and those usually roll over into the spring a little bit early spring. Um, but really like November, December, January, February, like maybe March, um, are when interviews are happening. But again, like it's kind of like, if you're really holding out for an interview somewhere and somebody else has already offered you a spot and you like that school, like you may have to make the decision, like, look, I'm going to accept this, you know, take this acceptance and skip the other interview. Cause I'm not going to even interview there for a month or two months. So it's kind of a, you got to kind of weigh your options um, based on what they are. Cool. Um, So the last thing about the application process here, we appreciate all your insights as well. Mm -hmm. What's what's one or two things that you wish that you had known going back? Like, oh man, I really wish I would have known that for applying. Like just one or two real quick, something that maybe someone can take out of this and really come away positively. Yeah. So, um, so I actually have a, a little bit of an interesting application story. So I, like I said, I started applying in high school for those accelerated programs and I got into a couple schools, the three and three programs. They were mostly private schools and they were wicked expensive. 
Um, but there was one that wasn't there. Upstate had a three and three program where they partnered with a couple undergrad institutions. And if you got into there and you got into upstate, then you could do a three and three through upstate. So that is a program that we offer and that we have a, a couple of students every year that do that. I actually got rejected from that program. And by that time I had already like, I was like, ah, I'm going to go to Geneseo. Like, it'll be perfect. I'll get into upstate and then I'll do three years at Geneseo, three years at upstate. But I didn't get in and I was pretty upset about it. I was like, ah, I don't even know if I should do PT. Like I got into the other programs, um, but I was really like, this was kind of my plan. I was like, oh, this is going to work out great. Like a very cost efficient way of doing it. So then I went to undergrad and I was like, okay, you know, maybe like I got into these other programs, but you know, I'm not, maybe, maybe I need to re reassess because I didn't get into upstate and I just want to like, now I'm at undergrad. So I guess the positive is if I choose something else, like I'm not pigeonholed, like I have a biology degree, I can go into basically anything in healthcare. Um, so I kind of took my first one or two years at Geneseo to really decide that PT was what I wanted to do. Um, and then I ended up reapplying to upstate and I got in and like life went on. And I honestly, if I could give anyone advice, like I've, I've talked to a few of my professors about this and we kind of laugh about it now. Cause like I ended up in the same place. And honestly, I don't think I would have wanted to leave Geneseo after three years anyways. So it all worked out. Like I had to take the GRE, which I, which is really the biggest difference, but otherwise like I ended up in the same place. And I think my advice would be like, if, if you don't get into the three and three program, because it's really competitive, it's like, because it is a cost efficient way of, of doing it. Um, if you don't get into the three and three program, like don't give up. And, you know, if you're still interested in it, like definitely reapply just because you got rejected in high school does not mean that you're going to get rejected again. <laughs> so I don't know, that, that would be my advice. Cause I was pretty, pretty bent out of shape about it when I, when I initially didn't get in and then eh, here I am and almost done. So life goes on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that advice. Yeah. No problem. Uh, so before, before we end off here, we appreciate you giving us your time. Um, we're wondering what are some of your hobbies that you're doing right now? What do you do when you're not working on uh, PT stuff? Yeah. So I, throughout PT school have, this isn't really a hobby. It's kind of lame, but I've had a job like part-time. I like you know, having a little bit of income on the side to, you know, pay my bills and stuff. <laughs> um, that's not really a hobby, but that's something that I do. Um, I also really like running. Running is a hobby of mine and it's my exercise. So two birds, one stone. Um, I run with a couple kids in, not kids, adults <laughs> in the medical school. Um, there's, you know, they span across all four years. So um, that's been really nice. And it gives me an opportunity to learn some more about what they know and I can share what I know. So that's been pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, I like, there's a lot to do in Syracuse. There's a lot of outdoor activities and bars and breweries and a lot of fun stuff to do when we're not swamped with schoolwork. So <laughs> that's what I like to do. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. And we really appreciate you uh, giving us your time today and joining the podcast. And I think uh, our viewers will be very interested to hear all of the yeah, tips and tricks that you've had. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Bye. All right. So that was Allison Fernandez talking all about applying to a PT program. Next, we're going to be talking with Terry Wilver, who's going to be discussing PA school, how to apply, any tips you might need to know when applying, and how to be successful when it comes to attacking the PA school application. 
So let's get right into it. Welcome to the uh, Admission Granted Podcast, uh, Terry. My name is John. This is Andrea. We co-host the Admission Granted Podcast, and we're very happy to have you here today with us. Um, we wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and the, uh, the program you're currently at here at Upstate. Sure. Uh, well, I guess first things first, my full name is Terry Allen Wilver Jr. Uh, I hail from a very small town in central Pennsylvania, uh, pretty much the middle of nowhere, which is great. Uh, I'm enrolled in the, uh, the PA program here at Upstate. Uh, I'm in my first year. It's only a two-year program, 25 months. Uh, the first year is didactic and the second year is all hands-on uh, rotational stuff. So right now I'm just kind of getting the feet wet in the beginning of things. And uh, that's, I don't know, I guess that's really about it. Great. So uh, now just please tell us a little bit about how you got interested in your field. So I had no idea I wanted to do, to do medicine at all, to be honest. Uh, I was really interested in math and science. That's kind of what I gravitated towards uh, academically in high school and, and undergrad. Uh, but, you know, about two and a half years into undergrad, I realized I didn't really want to be a, you know, a quote unquote pencil pusher, <laughs> if, if, if you will. Uh, it really wasn't fitting my, my kind of style of learning or kind of really what I wanted to do uh, academically or even in a career setting. So I decided to kind of do something a little bit more broad. And I went into kinesiology and that kind of, you know, gave me a little bit of a surface level of uh, what is out there in terms of medicinal careers. Uh, after I graduated undergrad, uh, I went to graduate school and studied physiology because I thought I wanted to do research. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of boring too. So <laughs> I didn't really like that. Uh, and I worked for a while uh, locally at, at St. Joe's actually. Uh, specifically in cardiovascular physiology. Uh, I managed and troubleshooted a lot of pacemakers, defibrillators. I was like the electrophysiology, I, I don't want to say guru, but guy of the, uh, of the clinic I was in. Uh, and then I realized, again, I wanted to be more hands-on with my patients and have more of an influence. But given my age and already student loan debt crisis that I was in, I decided medical school probably wasn't ideal for me. Uh, so I was like, you know, PA school is great. Uh, it's a great step and, uh, I can be able to, or I would be able to do a lot, uh, with that. So I decided PA school was probably the next, uh, natural progression for me. So that's why I decided to do, and here I am. All right. So, you know, our, our podcast is focused on, for us, it's applying to medical school and kind of focused towards undergraduates and, you know, how yeah. they best prepare for the application. So we were wondering if you could briefly kind of walk us through a little bit about what the application process is like for PA school, what some of the big requirements are and some things that people might want to know who are interested in applying. So uh, a lot like medical school applicants, there is a centralized application. Uh, I know you guys use the AMCAS to apply at the medical school. Uh, PAs use a similar kind of platform. It's called CASPA, which is a centralized application service for physician assistants. And it's pretty much all the same rigmarole that you're going to have with any other kind of application, right? You're going to have your resume on there. You're going to have your letters of recommendation, your academic history, things you've done in the community, your community service. Uh, those are all pretty big things and standardized for most applications to really any program you're probably going to enter into. Uh, things that may set physician assistants apart from either medical school or other allied health professions is really uh, things you've things you've done in your community and the service hours you've already put in into medicine, 
you know, I don't think that's really, uh, I'm sure some schools are like that, but at least from my understanding of medical school applications, that's not a huge prerequisite. Sure, it's nice if you have it, but it's, uh, it's almost a requirement for most PA programs. They want you to have some uh, significant hours in medicine, whether it's, you know, a lot of kids do scribing or they become an EMT to get exposure uh, or they volunteer, whatever it happens to be for that particular candidate. But it's really important, I think, to admissions committees that that students are showing willingness and uh, exposure already to medicine prior to applying. Uh, in terms of prerequisites, like coursework, it's pretty standard. You know, they want you to have your biochemistry, your A&P, uh, regular chemistry, biology, all the things you'd expect for uh, a graduate level medicinal program like PA or even medicine. Uh, so yeah, those are all important. And I think you definitely tend to see uh, more like older applicants, I guess, maybe for the PA program, like my class, my demographics are probably not, I mean, we definitely have some students who are right at our undergrad, but they're the minority. Most of the students are, you know, in their mid twenties or even late twenties, like I am, who have already had exposure to medicine. And some of them even already have graduate degrees prior, you know, they're not fresh out of undergrad. So they kind of already have an idea of what they want to do. And they're a little bit more focused. Uh, not, not to say that undergrad kids aren't focused, but they haven't had a lot of exposure in like the real world, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that's something that's important for uh, admissions committees as well. So. Great. Now, is there, is for, when you're talking about the hour, um, you know, the clinical hour requirements, is there a strict number that you need to hit or is it more just like kind of a, you know, un, unsaid truth that you need to have a ton of hours? Uh, I think it's really program-based. I don't know what Upstate's was because I was I was working for five or six years prior to why I applied, so I had, you know, close to probably ten thousand hours, which yeah. was way over what you needed. But I think it's probably you know I've seen programs when I was applying somewhere like a few hundred hours, some even get close to a thousand or maybe even around a thousand hours. Uh, but some of them, it's it's an absolute requirement. Like if you don't have that, they probably wouldn't even consider your application. Gotcha. It's a prerequisite. And again, there's some variation among. Uh, requirements for admissions to programs, but I would say most that you look at are probably going to have, you know, some type of hour requirement. Would you recommend taking, because you said you, you took a couple years af after uh, college to kind of really find out what you want, what you wanted to do and what you're interested in. Would you recommend doing that for something like a physician assistant? Or if you really know what you want, would you just kind of go right out? Do you have a recommendation? John, that is such a hard question because does yeah. anyone really know what they want to do? <laughs> like, I mean, like you, like, you know, even you guys, you guys are probably going to question yourselves years from now, or even now you're questioning yourselves, you know, like you're always going to have those questions lingering in the back of your head. What if I did something different? What if I did this? Because people, I think inherently are just interested in so many different things, right? So right. it's really hard to narrow your focus into one specific category or a field of, uh, or, or field of medicine that you really want to focus on and like decide, all right, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's like a really difficult decision to make. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I'll do two answers. I would say yes, if you're kind of on the fence, you're not really sure what you want to do and you don't have a lot of exposure in medicine. I think it's important that you do get exposure to some capacity. So you kind of have a, a better understanding of what you're getting yourself into. And then I guess I would say no, on the other hand, fiscally, right? Because if I went into PA school right out of undergrad, I'd be making PA salary. I wouldn't have, I want to say it's a waste, but I wouldn't be, you know, spending that four or five years making sub PA salary. 
mm-hmm. you know, I'd have those four or five years of PA salary under my, my belt. I'd be that much further ahead in my student loan debt versus now I, I worked for those years. Yeah. You get paid and you probably can do pretty well with certain things, but you know, comparatively to salary of certain positions that you could acquire as a PA, it's probably not going to be, you know, that comparative. So fiscally, I would say do it as soon as you can. Gotcha. That's good. That's a, that's a good advice. Um, now, for example, for, you know, medical schools, it's a lot, it's very um, common to have a lot of research experience before coming in. They kind of have yeah. like, focus on that. Is that something that's common for a PA school as well? Or is it more focused on the clinical hours? It's definitely more focused on the clinical aspect of medicine, not so much the research aspect. Uh, that's not to say there's not students who do come in with some level of research background. I know there's a couple uh, kids in my program who have uh, research backgrounds in microbiology and Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, but they're, again, they're the minority. It's definitely not the majority of the students, but the majority of students have their prerequisites and their time focused on clinical application. Okay. And now just briefly, what are a few things you wish you knew before applying to PA school? Do you have any tips and tricks for others out there that are in the application process? Yeah, absolutely. Consistency. I mean, that is like one adjective that you'll probably hear until like you're dead is consistency, right? Like whether you're on a diet or whether you're exercising or whether you're studying, these application processes are very long. I mean, it takes you months to get all your materials, to get your letters uh, organized and get all your materials ready to upload into whatever particular portal you're going to be using for application. It takes a long time to consolidate that information and make sure it looks presentable to an admissions admissions committee. It's important that you stay consistent with it. And it's important that you don't put everything off to the very last minute. And it's important that you apply as soon as you possibly can, because the quicker you get your application, the less people you are competing against. And that's just a matter of fact. And, you know, not to say there's not a lot of good candidates out there. I'm sure there are, but you know, that might just give you the slight edge that you need to be accepted into a program. It's just being able to apply early because you may not have something that another student has, but if you're on top of your game, you know, you can beat a lot of kids and, I always was a firm believer in this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be the smartest kid, but I can guarantee I'll grind anybody. And a lot of kids can do that and you can do that too. So stay on top of your game, stay consistent, do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so in terms of like you're talking a lot about applying early and applying on time, which we agree is definitely something that's really essential. When, so for medical school, right, the application kind of opens in like in May, June, uh, kind of that time frame, And then you would interview and kind of starting in August through, yeah. you know, the fall when when does that portal open for for pa school is it in kind of the summer or is it more towards the fall uh so caspa opens the actual like portal to start uploading your documentation for your application i think sometime in the spring and i think i want to say it's april 1st and there's a i, I th- don't hold me to that but i think it's april 1st yeah. and i think you have a 30-day window where there's kind of like a like a layover where you're not able to submit your application but after that 30-day period has surpassed you can submit your application anytime thereafter and uh, application deadlines for schools are quite varying a lot of schools have rolling deadlines there really isn't a deadline Uh, and a lot of schools have you know they can be as early as August and some schools even have early admission I'm sure medical schools do the same thing uh, where you can have early decisions for for applicants uh, but it really boils down to making sure you get your materials in and ready to go uh, when the application opens. Me personally, 
I, I spent a lot of time making sure I understood the application process and knew what materials I needed to acquire uh, to make it as smooth of a, of a process for me as possible because I was working. I didn't really have a lot of time to dedicate to doing that. So I kind of just worked at it incrementally. And I made sure I acquired all of my materials prior to even the opening of the application. So when day one rolled around, I was ready to go and start inputting data into the, into the, into the portal. So I was ready to rock and roll. And as soon as that 30 day window hit, I was ready to hit submit and I was ready to rock and roll. Uh, so now that you're in PA school, what are some hobbies that you do along the side of your schoolwork just to keep you sane and busy? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's, I think it's a lot like medical school, medical school in, in the fact that like, it's just a lot of time. I mean, there's a lot of content and there is just an enormous amount of data that you're trying to acquire in, into, in, in a short span of time. And I don't, I don't know what testing is like in your guys' particular program, but we have multiple exams per week and class is mandatory for us. We have to go to class every single time. If we miss a class, it's a no bueno. <laughs> so I don't know how it is for you guys. Uh, and that takes up time just going to class too, you know? So uh, it's very, there's not really a lot of time for extracurriculars, but I'm not going to lie to you when we do have a chance, you know what I mean? The boys will slam few beers after class that's always fun <laughs> uh but outside of that uh there's, there's really not much we play volleyball once in a while like you know there's really not honestly there's really not that much sure yeah, it's understandable a, for sure yeah. yeah yeah well hey terry thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate your input and i think our, our viewers will will value your advice that you've given and hopefully will spark some interest in PA school. So we really appreciate it. And yeah, we hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Admission Granted Podcast. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, John. No problem. Have, have a, a nice yeah. day. You as well. See ya. All right. Thank you, Terry, for talking all about the PA program and how to best apply. So to all those out there listening, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that you guys have been able to gain some useful information about how to apply to medical school and even how to apply to some other fields like PT and PA school. We want to give a big shout out to Upstate University's admissions department and everybody else who's been able to make this podcast possible. We really believe in the six keys that we've laid out through the course of our podcast. And we believe that if you follow each key and do the best that you can to make sure that you hit all the important points within those keys, you are going to be the most competitive applicant possible, which will help you secure plenty of interviews and grant you that acceptance to the school of your choice. So thank you so much for listening and good luck out there. Until next time on Admission Granted.